X-rated movies or X-rated movies. I know it's November. Technically, Halloween was a few days ago, but uh, you know we decided to have one last scare. This is like Sissy Spacek reaching up from the grave at the end of Carrie, or uh, at the end of the first Friday the Thirteenth when What's Her Face is on the lake and it seems calm and serene. Ooh, ooh, and ooh. then Jason actually jumps out and says, "Yeah, the mother." Or, yeah. or, or at the end of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where it turns out Donald Sutherland is actually one of the people who got. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's this. What's Wait, that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? What, Aaron? Aaron Blood is here. Hi, uh, guys. I, I just saw a movie, and I really wanted to come over and talk to you guys about it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What movie was it? It was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Wow! <laughs> I just watched that movie, too. No shit. Yeah, we were planning on doing that for this actual episode that we're sitting to record for. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm glad I set up that extra mic. <laughs> Craven's new nightmare is technically my choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you all feel about it? So I feel that while not a perfect film, the ambition and the creativity and the thinking outside the boxedness of the movie elevate it to be a great film. Ooh, so you like it? That I sounds am like positive. Pro new nightmare. Eric Blood, how do you feel about? Wes Craven's new nightmare. Oh, it's terrible. Fireworks. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. When was the first time you saw New Nightmare? Uh, early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah. So, but like, in its uh, in the movie's life, when around did you see it? Mm, early twenties, so two thousand eight, nine ish. Okay. Mm. Yeah. See, I was uh, I saw it when it came out on pay per view. Uh, so that was like 94, 95. It might have been the year it came out or it might have been the next year. Have you seen it since then? No. I think I saw it that time and then, you know, 25 years later, I watched it for this podcast. And guess what? I land kind of right in the middle of you two. I have positive things to say and I definitely have some negative things to say. I have a so. couple of oh, no, positives. I, I, got, I, I have like, a couple it's of good not positives. Perfect. Like, there's different negatives to this film. Yeah. But... You said it was great. <laughs> it is no, well, it you is said, great. Wait, well, did he say? Will you rewind the tape? Did he say it was a great film? Yeah, it no, no. I, I like. I'm. I'll go to bat for this one. It is a great film, especially because of the time that it came out, like the time that it was produced. Yes, mm-hmm. I think. I think that's very important. I, I'm glad you brought it up, Eric, and I'm glad you're bringing it up now because when it came out is very important. Yes. to the casual movie viewer. It may not seem like anything special, but like if you have it in context of like this was pre-scream, mm-hmm. but like post all the eighty slasher movies like dying in franchise wasteland. It's like mm-hmm. 
you know, Jason Goes to Hell was like the the only Jason movie in the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, the Halloween franchise had had pattered away and died at this point. I mean, even like the final nightmare, you know, the the last Freddy Freddy's movie dead. was, you know, a couple years before this. And like that franchise, and they they talk about it in New Nightmare, but that franchise basically became just like Freddie was like a sketch comedian at that point. Yeah, a drag queen. <laughs> yeah, he a drag he's queen. standing in front of a brick wall being like, ugh. Yeah, he's like, how's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> no, no, he was straight up like adjusting his wig on stage. Like he, yeah. was, he was a drag queen who just like negged you yeah. and then stabbed you. It's like he called you bitch and mm-hmm. then he stabbed you. And, and then he's filing his nails. And he, yes. made, those big, long and he made some pun about it. Nice hearing from you, Carlos. Which was cute in three. Yeah, Ryan and I just oh, saw three a couple, yeah. couple months back. Three, that was like the first time that that had really happened, where it was like the killer is hilarious, it's cracking like, jokes, up yeah. to prime time, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the, I still think the "Let's Get High" with the needles. Oh, like, yeah, that's good. Like, yeah. That was classic. Well, okay, so I think that like the timing of this is important. Very still, just because not just because of where it is in like movie cinema history, but also where it is in like. Um, socioeconomic let's see how to explain this like number one landlines we get all sorts of different kinds of phones ringing to like interrupt people i think that like that's a type of horror that like people today don't really understand the horror of being interrupted (laughs) the horror of a cord on your phone (laughs) just how loud those old fucking phones were sometimes when like the house is nice and quiet and all of a sudden you hear this like that's that's true like it was disturbing when the phone would ring sometimes yeah because i mean they were designed that like you could hear them from like any place in your house yeah yeah it's a literal metal bell yeah Yeah. (laughs) and the way they like the way that like they ring out is like if Ugh. you don't answer it, it can be very like ominous. And there's a, like if if you have like a large house or it's in a large room, there's like there's like an echo effect, like it rings yeah. and then like the sound like settles. Yeah, and that happens a lot in this movie. No, oh, I didn't notice that. I was also high while I watched this. Movie. <laughs> oh, I was high as fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just so '90s. Also with like the production design, I hated her house. By the way, <laughs> it was um, such like a '90s McMansion. Oof, yeah, and, and like she's wearing like a flannel tucked into mom jeans. It's bad. It she bad. looked great. I mean, she did too. No, I love Heather Langenkamp. I love her. She is not a good actress, but I love her. She's not bad in this though. She, no, this I think is her best acting role. I disagree, but I but I'll but I'll I'll go with you. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna say anything bad about Heather. She looks because like a mature Denise I Richards, her. I would say. She does. She's, she's like Denise, Denise Richards' sensible cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Denise, don't do that. <laughs> I remember commenting on the scene with her and John Saxon, who plays oh. her dad in the original, mm-hmm. that I, I, I love that scene. Oh, yeah. Because I just love the, I There's so much about this movie that I really want to like. The, like you were saying, the ambition of it and the... Just the the idea to put this beloved movie in a different context. Yeah, I I think the bones of this movie are really strong. Totally. I agree. Totally there, agree. There's totally. Just, there's just things with the execution, like A, the CG did not age well. Oh my this. gosh. It, That's my biggest thing. I hate it. Like the hands in the like coming out through the car seat, like when like the oh. claws are coming out. Oh, right. Everyone put a dick. pin in that. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're coming back to that crotch shot. No, but like the final thing when Freddy finally explodes and the fire and there's like that zoom in, that is 
bad. Yeah. Uh, Those I mean, FX people should be embarrassed. But I don't know. It was, what, 94? When did this movie come out? 94, yeah. 94. That, that just wasn't exactly CG's golden age. Oh, but, I mean, at that point, you scrap the CG idea why, and you try something else. Why CG bad. knives coming through fabric? <laughs> yeah, that's a good why question. Why the fuck would you do that? Like, that's... I'll do it. Like, <laughs> I'll do it on your goddamn couch. Right now, like, <laughs> and that is one, like... Eric, you, that's Matt's couch. I don't care. <laughs> I want to prove a point. Have you guys seen the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. No, not yet. So the scene that, like, really just... I, I can't even deal with the movie anymore is, like, the uh, the replica scene where... Or they're, they're replicating from the original where Freddy's, like, coming in through the wall yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And oh. in the first one... It looks like a wall. There's a cross on it, but it's really just like latex screen. Like his silhouette comes out over the bed and like the cross falls off. Like it's a fucking great shot. It's amazing. And in the remake, they do it CG and he's like looking around and like Uh... moving. And it's like, this looks terrible. That movie was from like 2010 and that Mm -hmm. CG looked like like the CG in this movie. Yeah. And in that instance, like you should all be ashamed of yourself. (laughs) New Nightmare looks like a Lifetime movie. Some scenes. It is an unattractive, unattractive movie. I don't know. Like, when they get to hell, like, I actually like the production design of the, like, dream hell. Like, that looks pretty good. Like, when she's walking through those big mud steps, like, that looks good. Which is also, like, a callback to the original. Yeah. When she's running up the stairs. The the marshmallow steps. And in the original, it kind of looks a little stupid. Yeah. Because the original is an actual low-budget movie. Yeah. And and the ambition of that original is what makes it so fucking magic. And... Who gives a shit if the marshmallow fluff looks weird? And but and like in blah, this blah, blah. one, I it's thought like the a dream. marshmallow it's a dream. stuff looked great. Yeah, I, no, I thought yeah. the, the mushy really steps looked fantastic. I have to, I have to admit the the DVD that I rented <laughs> skipped Skips. over that entire scene. Oh no, oh, it did. So the the DVD for me. <laughs> oh, full disclosure: well, Eric and I rented the same DVD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you know that because I just showed up on unannounced. <laughs> it went from that annoying little fucking kid who is the worst part of that whole movie, by the way. We'll, we'll fuck, come back. We'll come fuck back. Fuck that little kid. He's been. He was in other. He was like he was a in big pet child cemetery. actor. Yeah, oh, pet okay. cemetery, and he's also in Kindergarten Cop. He's the one with the dad who's a guy. I think he's like in Full House too. Is like the yeah. obnoxious yeah. classmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid may be the reason I hate this movie. Oh. See. Here's here's the thing. Here's my problem with like it and things like that is like child actors suck. Like they yeah, do. Rarely ever are they any good. And like, especially when it comes to horror, if you're like trying to have a kid who looks scared and afraid. No, unless you don't like the sixth sense. Traumatize the kid. Yeah, which they're I'm not all gonna, for. I mean, they're not yeah. gonna pull it off. <laughs> yeah, not, Linda Blair somehow not. got out unscathed, but yeah. and kind honestly, <laughs> in this movie. I, I don't know. I don't think he's as bad as you do, Eric. But like, I don't think he's. I don't think he's great. I'll be, I'll be I, honest. But like, I don't how think he's could that you bad. think he's not that bad? I, how? My my only like, problems with him was when he was like supposed to like have a fit. Yeah. Ah ah. And like ah. the way that he was like waving his arms was like eh, he's clearly like let's not like hurt the uh, kid. Like let's just I know do whatever's comfortable. Like, I hate it so much. I know, but I mean, like it's important to have a kid for the context of the movie because it's like. 
Heather is no longer the teenager. She's the mom yeah. and with her a kid of her own now. So you have to have like that dynamic. Why going you got to saddle a woman with a kid though? Like why? Like that movie could have been made without a child in it and it would have maybe been better. Maybe been uh, great. I don't know. I think the kid definitely raises the stakes and it's like kids. Are Not so if you un- want it to die. <laughs> <laughs> if you want that motherfucker dead. Then it's- <laughs> You're like, who cares? <laughs> but I think it, I think it gives stakes to the movie because the husband dies, and when the husband dies, <laughs> the husband dying gives the movie a gravity. Like when I was watching, it, I was like, shit! Like you don't like usually a kill in this type of movie doesn't have a gravity like this. But I was like, they'd already like established a relationship. I kind of thought the husband, like I'd seen the movie before, but I didn't remember the specifics. It's like I kind of felt the husband was gonna stick around and like help her to the end. And I was like, shit, your husband dying, like the father of your child dying, like, that's a big deal. He like, dies at I, the end of act one. Yeah, he, he and does. it gives a gravity to like what Freddy's doing that isn't in other entries in the franchise. Yeah. It's a low body count in this movie, by the way. It, it, yeah, it definitely is. She doesn't give a shit when her husband gets killed. Yeah, she's <laughs> over it immediately. <laughs> and you know why? Because he was a shit bag. That guy was a total douchebag. I hated him. Was he? <gasps> he was awful. He yeah. was so obnoxious. He was like the most obnoxious. <laughs> Fuck you. Go ahead and die. Like, and I'm sure that that's why he was that obnoxious. Well, I mean, was it, like, we're going to kill him. For so long, the husband was probably a relief. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. This again, I have to I have to take my mind out of like having seen Hereditary. And when mm. a family member dies, you get sad. Real quick. I want to rewind. I want to say, I think that like you could make a, this movie without the kid. And I actually think it could be better because one of the things I had trouble with watching it this time was that there's no, like, if you toyed a little more as to whether or not uh, Heather's going crazy or, like, she's actually, like, because it feels like immediately it's like, well, Freddy's back. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, there's none of this, like, is he back or isn't he back? Like, is she going nuts or or what's going on? It's immediately like, oh, Freddy's back and uh, that's a problem. Whereas, like, if you take the kid out of the equation, that might be something you could play with a little more so i might but be on the, your you, side you would have that. to take out like the crotch stuff i don't want to lose crotch. the crotch <laughs> we're keeping the crotch <laughs> i mean do you, do you think it would have been better if like the she had a dream that the husband died and he didn't have the cuts all over his body but like in the dream he got cut so then there was an ambiguity of, like is freddie back or is this just a coincidence yeah i think well i mean you could still kill him off at some point but i Watching it this time, I wanted more of that ambiguity as to whether or not she's imagining this stuff happening and it's really happening. Mm. Because it feels like very early on, this is really happening. Sure. Yeah, and they, I think that that takes a lot of the scare out of it. Totally. There's never a moment where you don't think it's really happening. Right. Ever. Yeah. Like even in the though, first because they scene, set it up. Like yeah. The, they set it up to be like, this is a, because it's a meta movie. I guess we should like point that out right away. It's a movie about movies. Yeah. And like the first oh, uh, scene is like is a movie that's being filmed, but it's also a dream. I don't know. But that's also a strength of this movie, too, because it feels like that's what the uh, one of the best parts about the Nightmare on Elm Street series is that like it blurs the line between what's reality and what's like the dream yes. mm-hmm. times. So <sighs> I have a lot yeah. of thoughts. Apparently. No, I, yeah. I mean, the movie's not perfect. I'm not going to back to say that, it, that it's a, a flawless film. But for me, it's just that the ingenuity and the thoughtfulness that went into it outweigh like the production snafus. Sure. 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 Like sure. 
I can look the other way on bad CG, just like I can watch like a bad monster movie from from the fifties and look the other way on like the bad creature feature effects. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like Wes Craven, who wrote and directed the movie, he's thinking so outside the mainstream at this point. Yeah, like all these other franchises are literally just like beating a dead horse. They're doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. And then Wes Craven comes out and like, this is so radically different from, you know, Jason part nine or Halloween part five. Like this is so far removed from that. And it's also like a stepping stone. Cause like you can see where he was going like into scream territory. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely like looks like it's from the nineties and like, you know, the child actor who was a big child actor at the time, you know, I can see why he was cast in it. I don't know. Like I, it's easy for me to ignore all that because it's such like a smart script. That being said, not great dialogue script. What? It, okay, I I think I wrote this down in my notes. Uh, when she's talk the scene with her and John Saxon after her husband is dead. I love John Saxon. <laughs> I though. do too. He's amazing, he, and he he's says just, to her like, "How you, how you doing, kid?" And she says, "Hanging in there." <laughs> <laughs> Everything about Dylan's behavior is understandable. For a kid who just lost his father, how does a child process a thing like that? I don't know. I just want to take a minute for John Saxon, who Wes Craven. I watched like the four and a half hour documentary "Never Sleep Again" on the the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, mm-hmm. and Wes Craven talks about John Saxon. He's like, one of the nice things about working in independent cinema is that oftentimes you come across these really seasoned actors who've like done everything. They've like. You know, John Saxon's done kung fu movies before even. And they have none of the baggage of like a star. Yeah. And he's like, that's John Saxon. Like that's like the Quentin Tarantino method of casting. Yeah. I I mean, R.I.P. uh Robert Forrester, yeah. who I think is exactly oh, in I that mold him. as well. Like Robert Forrester, if you look on IMDb, has like a hundred and sixty movies to his credit. Yeah. But John Saxon, he's just he's such a good actor. And I mean, I you know, I mentioned that he was in a kung fu movie. He's so good in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And, you know, the <laughs> idea that he just, you know, he's in parts he's so one good and in, three. He's so good in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Anyway, New Nightmare yeah. is really bad. And... <laughs> no, because... <laughs> Wait, the, let me, the, let me... I, well, I was going to say that I think the dialogue has moments of just absolute atrocity. Yes. Specifically when it's her and Wes, like talking about like the nature of storytelling i was like i know this is important to like wrap up exactly like what's happening in this but script doctor please somebody well in this nightmare in progress then does this thing have any weaknesses well it can be captured sometimes captured how by storytellers of all things every so often they imagine a story good enough to sort of catch its essence and then for a while, it's held prisoner in the story. Like the genie in the bottle. Exactly. Exactly. What about, like, when she's talking to Robert England while he's painting? So, <laughs> I, I didn't know, find the dialogue know, that know, bad, but his attire, whoever, whoever costumed him with those, like, John Lennon sunglasses, and then he's, like, actually painting Freddy Krueger. Oh, and his painting's terrible. The scene where the talk show scene, I loved that scene. And I, I the too. aftermath of it. Where... I also remember that scene as a kid. And like when Freddie's like out there, like waving to people in the crowd and the way the lights are hitting him. Like when I, when I saw this movie as a kid, I was like, that's scary. Cause it was like, I, my mind couldn't reconcile like 
Freddy, like the character, like the meta-ness was like too much for like my like little nine-year-old brain to handle. I didn't see the whole movie when I was nine, but I saw see, like the claw oh part and that part. And it just like, it really frightened me that like Freddy could like come into our world like that. Sure. And which yeah. is exactly what the movie wants you to, which is, yeah, is like, oh, this is Freddy coming into our actual world. Like you're not watching a movie anymore. You're watching him invade your own space right which and is it's scary like that, on a new level and that's like a preamble like he's on this talk show but he's actually making his way into her real yeah. life which is a pro i would say yeah that's, a, that's eric a, blood <laughs> how dare you say my name like that uh, <laughs> and don't look me in the eyes uh the when i watched it last night what i took from that scene was and maybe this wasn't intentional but it was heather langenkamp as soon as he shows up, she's like, ugh. <laughs> and I know that and I know that it was like a like a it's supposed to be like, oh God, that that's scary because I think that he's back. But I was reading it as, oh God, he just always has to fucking upstage me. <laughs> well, he's, there is I'm that... the star of the movie. I survived the movie. <laughs> there, there is that he's little... the monster. I, Fuck I, you. I yeah, don't think Freddy. I like that. I like I that. don't think that's necessarily wrong because everything I've heard about Robert England is that like he loved doing Freddy because he loved just being able to ham it up and he loved the spotlight. Is he gay? Robert England? Yeah. I don't think so. When the talk show host is like, how would you feel about leaving your child with uh, your old co-star? And she's like, Robert? She's like, ah, you had to bring him up. Yeah. Like, there, was- there is that little tinge <laughs> of like, I thought this was my moment. But even the, a- after the show, when they're backstage and he's signing autographs and she's just standing in the yeah, hall, like no she might as well have been smoking her, a cigarette. No one's like, asking her for an autograph. No. And I would have been all over her. Like, but like, <laughs> Heather, I'm team Heather. I think that's a little reflection of reality a little bit. Like, you know, I'm sure that Heather has her fans, but like, she wasn't in all six movies. She's only in one and yeah. three. Uh, and Freddie was the star. And like, it's hard now, you know, 30 years after, like, the franchise was at its peak. But, like, it was a big deal at the time. Like, the first movie came out in 84, and in 86, like, Ronald Reagan was, like, making references to Nightmare on Elm Street in press addresses. Mm-hmm. In Russia, they had <laughs> sleeping pills with Freddy's, like, little logo on it and God, things like that. Fuck Russia. <laughs> but, like... N- they were called Never Sleep Again. <laughs> <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it it's like Robert England, like for at least the the duration of this franchise, was like a big deal. Yeah, and I I, it I think it's hard for us to like appreciate that now, like thirty years later. But and I could see being like bitter about that if you thought you were the star of the first one, maybe slightly annoyed. Yeah, yeah, I took it as like a slight annoyance because it seemed like they were friends. Yeah, yeah, like, and I'm sure they they are in some way sure but but it that was my favorite part of the movie was <laughs> was like, when she was like <laughs> she she literally uggs all right he shows up robert. and i thought that's brilliant like that's and i wish that it would have been more about that um, i guess like yeah well it's, but, like, like, but, but i'm see place... i'm liking this i'm liking this thought of like because i never it never crossed my mind that she was making it up that she was crazy i know and that's what sucks never. because like if if you had taken the kid out of the equation, then it really would have focused on the um, psyche of Heather and like how working on these horror movies has affected her nerves, yeah. you know? Because there's a thread through this movie of like, 
how is starring in these movies affected your child? Mm-hmm. You know, like the doctor brings it up, the talk show host brings it up, but like if you eliminate that aspect of it and just focus on the fact that like she starred in this horror movie and maybe like it rattled her in, in some way, that's way more scary and adult and more interesting which is, I think, what this movie is trying to achieve. Yeah. I don't know. See, I think a lot of the stuff with the kid, like, no one here is a parent. Let's just say that, first <laughs> and foremost. No, none of us are responsible for a child. Yeah. Oh, You're welcome, know. world. <laughs> You're welcome, Earth. But there's stuff like the Rex toy, which is definitely a stuffed animal that I had when I was that kid's uh-huh. age. Like, it being cut, like, I kind of felt like, oh, man, if I was, like, a kid and, like, I had my stuffed animal cut like that, like, that would hurt me. Like I'd be upset about that. Well, then here, this is let me let me pose this. Let me. I think the kid is a better proxy for the audience than Nancy is. But I mean, I know that like Freddy's supposed to be like the boogeyman for children, but like this installment of this series feels like it's trying to take a step into adulthood. Yeah, and so if you're gonna do that. Be adult about it. And I know that, like, they're, they're saying, like, well, being an adult means, like, having children. But, like, I don't know. Focus on adult problems. Don't focus on the fact that, like... Parenthood is an adult problem. It is I an know, adult problem. I know, well, but, like... For some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it right. I guess... If... So, yeah, fair enough. Like, maybe I'm saying that from a point of privilege of not having children at the age of 39. I'm glad that you <laughs> say that not I having li- children is a privilege. Having, not having children is a privilege. It's great. <laughs> it's it's an honor. Don't do be, it if you it's can. It's actually an honor. Um, so, but here, let's go a step further with this. We can keep the kid. Let's, let's say we keep the kid. Don't have the kid be that involved in, like, a sure. possession or in, in, some, in all that shit. Have it still if be she's her. just concerned about the safety of her child, yeah, cool. No, but this because bullshit you know what I think? with the like, f- the freakouts, the know, the, like, the, the climbing he, to the top of the jungle gym, dum 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 yeah, dum. Because yeah, 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 you yeah. know what I thought was actually the scariest part was when the phone rang and the uh, tongue came out. Well, no, when oh. when Freddie's <laughs> like, I touched him. Okay, 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 okay. And it's like there's a molestation thing to that, and because like, he was a child molester, and then that's when the yeah. tongue comes out. That's scary. Like someone on the phone saying like, I touched your kid. And so like, yeah, if, if the possession thing wasn't in there, but like just that little hint that like Freddie molested the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think is scarier to an adult than anything else. But let's, then, oh. then we're getting into like exorcist territory, which we were talked about where it's like, and which is referenced in this movie because he yes. throws up in her face, which is like, you're not so much scared about becoming possessed like Regan while you're watching that. You're scared of being like the Ellen mother. Burstyn's character watching this happen to somebody you love. Yeah. So yes. like that, if he had That's... tapped into that, yeah. I agree. That would no, been... I, I agree there. If he had gone more down that alley. But also at the time, like they talked about like making Freddy like a child molester in the original movie. Right. But it's like no one was going to release that movie. So they had to scale it back. Child murderer. Fine. Well, child yeah. murderer is they fine. really like. Yeah. D- that. Wasn't that always just kind of implied? Like, didn't you always just get that? Of course. Get that? Well, I mean, yes, the absolutely. Thing- if they're killing him, they're also molesting yeah, him. No, there's yeah, no, yeah, like, you don't just kill a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nothing Take it I from can, Eric. Nothing I, <laughs> <laughs> nothing I can say at this point. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. He knows, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, we have to talk about the best phone call in the movie. where. Uh, he calls her and just goes, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get, terrifying. Terrifying. 
Uh, Terrifying. I know. The yeah. phone calls. Wow. The phone horror. Calls. The horror. <laughs> but there's little things like the TV being unplugged. I appreciate stuff like that. I or how it's always like showing Nightmare on Elm Street no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, That's all good stuff. That's why I say like the bones of this movie are really solid. We haven't even talked about the fact that there's there was earthquakes in the original script. And then because the Northridge uh, earthquake happened, they're just like, let's just add footage of buildings destroyed in this. Oh, okay. Which I love that. It's almost like an extra meta element that you could never have planned mm-hmm. that they just like took advantage of. There was always supposed to be earthquakes, but because that huge, you know, devastating earthquake happened, they're like, let's integrate it. Sure. And like, I don't know. It just adds this other layer of realness to it that I appreciate. Like, yeah. Because you, you can't just, you know... It's not like they were sitting around waiting for an earthquake to happen in all the scenes. Like they had to make a lot of those or, scenes happen, or that they like uh, uh, put the earthquake in the movie because it happened. In right? Real life. No, it was already planned. like a little movie called Shortcuts. Edit that out. <laughs> so, uh, is Wes Craven the least scary human being you've ever seen? He's like a substitute math teacher in seventh grade. <laughs> I, I, he actually really reminds me of a science teacher I had. Yeah, like. He like yeah. what grade? Like seventh um, grade? Seventh grade. Yeah. It's like yeah. that's just what he looks like. Like I it's like Dario Argento. When you see him, you're like, oh, that guy's got messed up thoughts. <laughs> but like Wes Craven, I'm like, aren't why aren't you writing like a book of poetry that'll never be published? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has. <laughs> you know he has. I don't know. Like I, I was thinking about him because he's in this movie as yeah. an actor. And I was thinking about like all the people who aren't actors who are acting in this movie because the move the script requires it, and he was one of the worst. Oh, so in the beginning, in the dream, when he when he's like he's di- directing, directing, I was like, ah, oh, he's not a bad actor, like not great, but like I can live with it. But then when it gets to like him like having a monologue, I was like, this is why we give these to other people. Oof. Yeah, it's rough. I can tell you what the nightmare's about so far. It's it's about this entity. Whatever you want to call it, it's it's old. It's very old. It's existed in different forms at different times. About the only thing about it that stays the same is what it lives for, really. What is that? Oh, the murder of innocence. And then the producer at New Line Cinema, when he was talking, oh, was Bob like, Robert Shea. Come on. Robert I mean... Shea, stay away from my camera. Yeah. Look, Heather, let me cut to the chase. How would you like to join us in the definitive nightmare? I thought you killed Freddie off. Well, we did. But the fans, you know, the fans, God bless them, they're clamoring for more. I guess evil never dies, right? I get it. Like, it's it adds, like, legitimacy to it, but it's also, like... It, it is a novel idea, and I can see if you're, like, writing the script for it, but like, we're actually going to have these people in it. But the it's just... There's a reason why we don't do this. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder at this point, this is pre-internet. So it's not like you could Google these people. Like how many people are like, oh my God, that's Wes Craven. Like it's really him. I could see maybe people being like, oh my God, it's Wes Craven. But not like the but assistant. But not Bob Shay. Not the assistant at New Line Cinema who's like, welcome. Yeah. And like, welcome. Sir. Like she was fine. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know how much I mean, that works. I think if you're going to like have... Like, part of me is like, okay, if you're going to, like, have real honchos from New Line Cinema in here, you, you absolutely have to have Bob Shea. So, yeah. the So, Scream, I love. I mm-hmm. I love it. I've, I've watched it recently. It's not a great movie. 
Like it's, oh, see, it's I, got a lot I'm of, gonna have to disagree with you there. I, yeah, I, I watched. It's Scream. got some problems, but I think it's great. I love it. But I mean, the whole a Scream franchise in general, like, wouldn't have happened if he hadn't made New Nightmare. You were yeah, absolutely right. Like, he needed to try out this meta idea. It's cool in this movie in a way because he keeps it to the Nightmare uh, franchise. But like, what makes Scream so great is that he broadens it one more level, and it's like, oh no, we're just talking about slasher genre now. Yeah. And and he adds humor, which like this movie could use a little more. Of, well, which I mean, it has some, but it could. He use didn't a write more. Scream. Kevin Williamson wrote Scream. That's, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, and and, so, I, and I'm sure Kevin Williamson was like, you're like you're the guy that can do this. Yeah, the like, structure of your film is really good, but like you need someone else to write your dialogue because that is like the the weak point for me is I think that like. He just doesn't know how to like pepper his dialogue just right to make it seem human. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I watch Scream, it's like I know the Jamie Kennedy character. Yeah, like, I know some like totally. I know everybody like in, yeah. in Scream. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I am Rose McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> Your titties are stuck My in the dog door. <laughs> My titties keep coming up on this podcast, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> they're just so uh. good. <laughs> I mean, no arguing. Uh, I agree. The writing may be weak a little bit on this movie, but I think that the directing, like Wes Craven's a good director. While I was watching this movie, this this time I was just like, fuck, he really knows how to direct He's kinda got an a old... scene and he knows how to make it. He knows how to keep uh, tension going. Like he's got a, a flair. Well, like I was actually gonna say he doesn't have a flair, but that's his strength. <laughs> oh dear. Like he's got an old school style of directing where he doesn't draw attention to it. Sure. But it's like it's hard to do some of the things he's doing. Like the like there is like a from the hospital slash like freeway scene in lesser hands would be really shitty. But like I think it's actually pretty good watching it this time. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that got skipped over when I watched it. Oh so. fuck. It's I mean, there, it went, there's so a it went in from, the beginning. It went from little kid passing out to the end. Oh, so like, no. hell uh, disintegrating. Oh, or see, whatever. that's not where it skipped with me. Like, it skipped in like the park scene when the kid like climbs up the jungle gym. Yeah. Oh no, you guys said skipping scene. Yeah. It's but... fine. I've, I'd seen it before. This viewing didn't elevate it to a point where I was like, you know what? I really need to watch the whole goddamn thing again. But mm-hmm. no, I, I was like, yeah, this is what it is. So I remember this. Also for me, because like, let, you know, I watch a lot of horror franchises to completion. As yeah. Eric, you noted, I have Mirror Mirror 2 in my stack Which of I'm movies. like, I'm, I'm going to ask if I can come over and watch that movie because <laughs> I am shocked that it even exists. Uh, there are very few like horror directors that can really make a full career out of it from like popularity until like their last dying breath and granted scream 4 was not Wes craven's best outing but i think what makes Wes different from other horror directors you know your dario argentos your fulci's you, you know those people you really said that was some nasty <laughs> goodness there was some salt on that i, I think matt <laughs> have you racist against I italians think matt's an <laughs> italian racist <laughs> He's always trying to say the word Goomba on the podcast. <laughs> He's going as a Gabba ghoul for, <laughs> for Halloween. Hey, Baffinopoly, eh? <laughs> uh, Dario Argento, I can't, I can't with with him. So, I mean, yeah, he had a period, but he did, right. and it was it was amazing. Oh no, it was great. No, it, Dario Argento in his prime made 
fucking fantastic movies. But with Wes Craven, I always feel like he's working around the tropes of the day. Like, even Nightmare on Elm Street isn't a slasher flick in the classic sense. No, it's not. And it came out in 84. You know, at this point, like, Halloween had put out its third entry. At 84, I think, Friday the 13th put out its fifth entry. And it's like, what does he do? It's like, he doesn't do a cash grab. He does something that is tangentially related to the slasher genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He releases something different than what everyone else is doing with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And, like, he's got some highs and lows. I went on, like, a Wes Craven binge a couple years ago, and there's some stinkers. (laughs) Like, I'll tell you that. But the idea that, like, really, you know, most horror fans will tell you that the 90s were, like, a low point for horror. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, rightfully so. Like, name a good horror movie from the 90s, and it would be, like, Scream, Candyman. Yeah. But it's, like, instead of just putting out another sequel or, like, just a regular gritty Freddy movie, he, like, really reconceptualizes it. Yeah. And it really shows that, like, he was thinking outside the box on this. Like, he wasn't trying to do the same thing that got money in his pocket before. He was trying to do something different. Did it land 100%? No. But, like, I appreciate what he was going for so much that I'm willing to overlook some, like, production value snafus. I mean, I, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a reed blowing in the breeze. Like, you, you say that right now, and I'm like, yeah, this is a good movie. And then, like, you know, Eric brings up a point, like, no, no, this is a bad movie. Like, I'm really, I really feel, I'm so ambivalent. Like, I really don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Like, where I land ultimately is that I like the movie, but I understand that it's not a great movie. And that is okay. And this leads okay. you to the crotch shot. Oh, my God. Oh, we ha- can we just yeah. talk about it real fast? Yes, please. Freddy tickles his dick a little bit. I mean, sure tickles here's, his the, here's the thing. I'd forgotten about the crotch shot. Yeah, I had And too. it's an E-C-U, an E-Q, if you will, <laughs> of just a dude sitting in a car with his legs spread, jeans, and then Freddy coming up and tickling it with his little claw. When that appeared on the screen, this viewing, I had a feeling that wasn't just like oh that's hot it was like oh my god this is like shaking me to my core (laughs) like i guess when i saw this when i was 13 14 years old that had an impression on me and like imprinted of like i want to be freddy touching somebody's like jeans like that okay wow i know this is what i'm saying i mean the husband wasn't unattractive he's fine but like Uh... just the idea of being able to like tickle some a man's jeans right there i don't know i think it like there was something in me that like clicked (laughs) when i was like oh shit that is like that's a formative moment for me i i don't want to say it's my sexual awakening but it's like it definitely has a part in it so that's the germination (laughs) if you know um uh, chris o'donnell in batman uh forever is the sprouting (laughs) the germination is this movie so I, I do want to say, we've talked about this movie a lot, like probably close to an hour by now. We haven't actually talked about Freddy. No, he's different. I mean, he is oh, different. The, the, like, what we, is... We, we talked about, like... Really Freddy? Yeah, like, the, like you know, the actual, actual Freddy? character of Freddy Krueger in this movie. He's the devil, right? Well, no, I don't. I don't think he's, he's also a, he's the a witch demon. In, he's a demon. He's the witch in Hansel so this, and Gretel. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. All of that, like that's that's another point of contention I have is that it just 
it See, wasn't cool. I hated the, the Hansel and Gretel thing. It was way on the nose. Yeah, like, and I, I hated it. I also, it, it I was. The, I think if it would, if, if it was executed more artfully, like we'd all be on board with it. Sure. As soon as the sun was up, the witch made Gretel fetch the wood and kindle a fire. We will bake cookies first, she said. I've heated the oven and kneaded the dough. Crawl in and see if the fire is blazing high enough now. And she pushed Gretel toward the oven. The witch meant to shut the door and bake her when she was inside. Dylan, this is so violent. I don't know why you like these stupid old fairy tales. Finish, please. They're gonna give you nightmares. Wes Craven, like, he's a good writer, but he's not a great writer. And doing something that on the nose... As soon as she started reading her kid, like the Hansel and Gretel story, it's like, oh no, I remember how this ends, and it's and like this sucks. Like, I think there is a way to do that parallel better. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Because like, all right, we think Jamie Kennedy, he's watching Halloween with his friends, and he's like talking to the screen, and someone's filming it. Gail's filming it, and then like what he's saying is true like in the moment when the killer walks by. Yeah. I kind of feel like there's a similar like meta vibe in that. But in Scream it's done very well. Yeah. And in this it's just not it's so clunky. much. Yeah. But this goes back to where like I just appreciate the idea of it so much that like I kind of excuse it. If I'm going to be generous and honest. I think that like the meta element of this ultimately serves the idea that horror movies are just stories that we tell ourselves to make ourselves less scared. So like there's to make there, ourselves less scared. Yeah, cuz there's this element running th there's a thread running through this movie of like what are you going to tell your children about this horror movie? Like is did your child watch this some of these and it's sort of like you know, how do you justify making something like this to younger generations? And I think that, like, by keep bringing back the, the fact that this is a story and, like, bringing the script in and things like that. And at the end, the main thing is that she's, like, reading the fucking script of the movie to her child. Like, it's the idea that, like, if you point out that this is just a story and this is just a movie and, like, it's not real then like you can make people less scared. So and, like and Matt, you're a great example of this. Like your dad used to like Murder point it out like with Jaws that like the shark <laughs> is fake and like look at this. And it's like sure. you're not scared of horror movies. Right. So it's like if you uh take the time to explain to children that like this is a horror movie, this is representative of this, and so like this is why you shouldn't be scared, blah 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 blah. It takes kind of the scare out of it. Mm. You, do you know mm. what I'm saying? Like yeah. so I think that like the meta element of this movie is a way of Wes Craven saying that, you know, deconstructing what makes you scared will make it less scary. Yes. Thank you. That's a good way of putting it. I, I don't know if that was his intention, but like, I'm fine with that. idea. I see that reading into it this time that that's sort of what I got. Okay. And like, if that's your message, then like, yes, you have to include a child. Like, well, and I, I get that. And I can kind of see that in the movie because the idea of like using stories to purge these things that are haunting you is in the movie quite a bit. Like for sure, especially in like the Wes Craven monologues thing that we all hate. <laughs> I feel like there's a hundred better ways to tell that. When he says storytellers funny enough, I'm like, oh my God. Like you're just now like masturbating while you're writing. Like, oh, I'm a storyteller. <laughs> This is the music of my heart. Yeah. 
R.I.P. Wes Craven. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, I just feel like if he had co-written this with someone else, a lot of those scenes would have been just a little bit better done. If he would have gotten Joe Esterhaus in on this. <laughs> oh, my God. No, because Nancy would have but, turned in. Like, she would have been spit out the bottom of the porno industry uh, or something. But, uh, but you know what Joe Esterhaus is great. a master of? <laughs> Joe Esterhaus is a master of this Ambiguity. or that. Yeah. 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 And that's what this movie really needs a little more it of. It really to does. To be honest. <laughs> to be honest. That's... that's what it needs more of. I mean. Eric's got a point, Matt. <laughs> I didn't even have to say shit. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't up to me whether anyone should like or dislike this movie. Like, like it's it's a movie and it exists and it's it's not incompetent. <laughs> it is a perfectly finely made movie. It was the harbinger of of meta for a for genre movies definitely. specifically horror yeah right because yeah. there, there were other like meta horror movies that were like kind of comedies as well there's like friday the 14th with jeffrey tambor and <laughs> or, or i'm sorry saturday the saturday 14th, the 14th. Uh-huh. Yeah. and then there's Which one i also that's loved like, when i was a kid but i mean eric uh, all right it's well established you don't care for the movie but no. like even you must appreciate the ambition of what he was attempting. Absolutely. I I like don't don't get me wrong, like my my opinions are mine. Like <laughs> I can only talk about how I feel about this movie and how I experience this movie not the merit of the movie. Like the merit of the movie is vast. Like it's I think it's actually kind of important. It's an important movie in genre and I'm I'm a big fan of horror movies. Like I love, love, love horror movies. My parents made me stop watching horror movies for a month because <laughs> they were afraid of me being a weirdo. And that was just last year. <laughs> but uh no <laughs> Oh, okay. I've been holding on to this. So I watched the documentary. It's not even a documentary, it's a fucking DVD extra that they've rebranded and it's on Shutter about Pet Cemetery. About the okay. making of the original okay. movie mm-hmm. Pet Cemetery. Okay. Worth a watch. Uh Heather Langenkamp was dating a crew member on Pet Cemetery. I think he was the makeup guy or the special effects, some something. So she hung out with that kid. Knowing that, watching it this time, I was like, oh yeah, you guys know each other. Like that's kind of cute. Like you're you're friends with this kid. She's already been that's on the set, oh. like a pet cemetery, yeah. for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also knowing that, I'm like, you couldn't like convince this kid to act. <laughs> <laughs> My only like complaint in terms of like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is that part of the fun of those movies is like the set design yeah and like the dream world they build and that's not in this movie like there's a little bit of like hell at the end but the other movies like center around this and this is mostly just based in LA Eric question for you question you live in Los Angeles now I do and uh, therefore, that means that earthquakes are a, a daily thing for you, probably. I imagine every day. Yeah, at yeah, least yeah. twice a day. You're, you you're from Los Angeles now. I'm from. I was born and raised in Los Angeles three years ago. <laughs> Have you been in an earthquake yet? Two of them. Yes. Oh my god, what's yeah. it like? I've, I haven't been in one. So really, I wasn't really? here for the Nisqually. No, oh, I was actually here for the... on. I was. I mean, I lived here, but I was on a bus going to Portland, so I missed it. The one but. here, that one was way scarier than the ones that uh, I was in in L.A. recently. Oh, really? I was in French class in high school when oh, that, yeah. that yeah. one happened. I was in bed. Oh, God. I'm going to tell the story. Fuck it. I was in bed 
uh, me, me and my boyfriend at the time were in bed. Shit started shaking. Corey jumps up out of bed and goes, earthquake, earthquake, and runs to the giant bookshelf that was in our bedroom and presses himself against it oh, like he's no, holding it up. what you're supposed to do. I slowly drag my fat ass out of bed <laughs> and walk to the bedroom door, yeah. which, which apparently I'm not, you're not supposed to do either. Not door I, frames anymore? Apparently not. But I, oh. I went to the door frame and just stood there. And Corey, he's standing naked, holding up a giant bookcase. <laughs> and uh, this was this was in early 2000. So he had he had one of those uh, Panic Now posters okay. that was swinging <laughs> back and forth. And I'm just watching this. Just, this is a beautiful moment. If we don't die, this is going to be so funny. And I've been telling this story for now almost 20 years. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. You don't listen to podcasts, so fuck Good story. <laughs> in like 96, we had an earthquake here. I was only in like sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade at the time. And so Ugh. obviously I lived with my parents. I remember it was nighttime. Uh, it was just me and my mom. And I was like in the kitchen, like making Spider-Man cereal for myself, like before bed. And, like, an earthquake started happening. And apparently, like, I just, like, put my cereal in the sink and went to the door frame and just, like, put my hands up. Like, you know, they tell you at the time they told you you're supposed to do. And my mom was, like, in the living room. And she was, like, it was the whole place was shaking because it was an apartment complex. It was, like, on, like, pillars. And she was, like, Matthew, oh, my God, there's there's an earthquake. Oh, my God. And I'm just, like, standing there and just, like, "Uh uh-huh. This is what they told us to do in school. So I'm doing this afterwards she's like i didn't realize this i was screaming my head off and you just looked down at the ground with your arms on the door frame <laughs> and uh she's like i'm a little embarrassed now <laughs> suddenly our force majeure episode makes a lot more sense <laughs> the la earthquakes that um we were in one was so one was in again in the morning when me and joe were in bed and just stuff started moving and it was weird it, and it, then, it takes a certain level before shit actually like yeah, falls. Yeah. yeah. Like the same the same day, like it was that night, the aftershock happened and I was cooking and stuff started moving and it was long enough that we all we got our phones out and were able to like record <laughs> it. But really, you you know what it's like? It's like you're in a haunted house. Like it, it feels we, like your house. We actually is had like a four here six or seven months ago. What? Yeah. It happened at <laughs> like two AM. I was over at Michael's place and the bed started shaking and I literally just thought it was him like tossing and turning like he's not a good sleeper. And you were like, did the earth move or was it just me? And (laughs) well, like I woke up and I was like, he doesn't look like he's moving around. But I was like, the bed is definitely shaking. Like it was just going like gently back and forth. I was like, I wonder if this is an earthquake. And then it stopped and I went back to bed but the next day, there was these reports of like a 4.0 earthquake in like the Seattle area. <laughs> the 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 2001 one, the scariest thing about that was the sound. Like you heard it, like it was a low rumble that was very mm-hmm. like it wasn't loud, but it was permeating. Like you heard it. Earthquakes are kind of scary. They, they are be. scary. Yeah, especially when you look at like the damage that happened in this movie that we're talking about, like. Shit. But I think it takes like at least like a 7.0. Like the the Richter well, the scale was 6.8. So okay, uh, 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 like the Richter scale goes by like increments of like tenfold. Yeah, it's so like exponential. Yeah, like a, a 7.0 is like a hundred times more powerful 
than a 6.0. If you're just tuning in, this is X-Rated Earthquakes, and we are talking about <laughs> the Northwich earthquake and how scary it was based on whether you are in a car or not. I have nothing more to say about this movie. I mean, I don't know. Are we done? Are we done? I'm willing to go to the mat for this movie. Like, I'm just saying I think that. I, land, I think I land on I like this. After like all this discussion, I still land on I like this. I see a lot of negatives, and I get why Eric Blood is a hater. I mean, just because Eric Blood is a messy, hateful bitch is no reason <laughs> to not like this movie. I, no! I, I'm waiting for you to say something I disagree with. <laughs> No, but like I get it. I think there's problems. Don't get me wrong. The movie has problems, but I still think that like as far especially in the context of its time period and especially in the context of the Nightmare franchise. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. No, no, I like I like I'm willing to go go to bat for it because I think that its flaws are surface level. Mm-hmm. That it's the dialogue can be a little clunky. The production values aren't where they should be that there's not enough of the the allure of what makes a horror movie yeah. typically a horror movie. Horror. But, like, the bones of this movie are so strong that it overshadows all the negatives. Okay. I think this movie is important. I think this movie is an amazing entry into a giant franchise. It's, like, it's one of a kind. It stands alone. It's... It's also not fun to watch, and I don't enjoy it. Matt, what do we have coming up next week? I have to apologize preemptively to Eric and to you because the movie I'm picking it's coming out on Veterans Day. <gasps> and I wanted to choose a movie, not a war movie, a movie about the vets. Okay. And this is a movie I know that Eric likes. And he's, I mean, if you're here next Monday, you're welcome to join us. It's also on the AFI list, which I know is verboten with us. I'm doing MASH. <gasps> oh, oh, my God! <laughs> because I wanted to do something that was specifically about vets, not about war. Okay, okay. And okay, okay. MASH is a war movie that takes place during wartime that shows no war. You've Eric, seen MASH, right? I have seen MASH. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how recently? Uh, it was a good 10, 12 years oh, ago. God, Been a while. For a treat. Been if, a long time. if you're around... I am around. I, you're welcome back. I might knock on the window <laughs> okay. and then call you racist. <laughs> but, uh, this... And then leave. We're ready for it this time. <laughs> Y'all racist. Bye. Knock, knock, knock. Is the a crack cr- is I'm going to pour here. myself a whiskey and then I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, just thinking about a movie for Veterans Day, I was just like, you know, for, for our podcast and the nature of our podcast, this is really the best one. Cool, cool. AFI be damned. <laughs> A rare AWOL AFI choice yeah. from that. <laughs> so, but we'll we'll I'll take it. Whatever. Okay. Uh, let's plug our junk. Get the fuck out of here. Eric, do you have any b- junk you want to plug first before we do ours? I do. 
me and Rachel Ferguson have a new project called <gasps> Pink Lotion. Did I tell you I was in a band with Rachel Ferguson for a second? No shit. I was in Clutch Douglas for a moment. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. So me and Rachel have a new project called Pink Lotion. And it's uh, our EP is coming out soon. Keep an eye on pinklotion.bandcamp.com or follow us on We Are Pink Lotion at, at twi- in Twitter. And I think it's Lick This Pink Lotion on Instagram. We are highly, highly sexed disco funk. And it's very fun and it's very easy to like. Uh, so, so get on it. I'm horny just thinking about it. You should be. So. You should be. <laughs> Twitter, if you, you want to get movies, some, uh, <laughs> Facebook at Rated X Movies, websites xratedmovies.com. Leave us love wherever you get your podcast for free. You didn't even let me do like a if you're horny, do this thing uh, transition. <laughs> well, all right, go for it. If you're feeling horny, wow. <laughs> Ryan's doing his one nine hundred voice. He's doing his blossom theory. <laughs> Right, that's it. I can't do this in front of people. Anyway, next week for Veterans Day, MASH. Mash. Eric mm. Blood, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Maybe we'll thank you again next week. We don't know yet. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You're the least annoying podcast about movies. <laughs> <laughs> we I try. Find that hard we to try. believe. <laughs> You're just not listening to enough. <laughs> oh, you want to bet. Okay. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.